Are you an accredited investor looking for a new opportunity to generate passive income and build the retirement of your dreams? Then elevate your investment game with Viking Capital, where wealth meets wisdom. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting out, Viking Capital can help guide you towards financial freedom through passive real estate investing. With strong and transparent underwriting, Viking identifies low-risk opportunities with the goal of preserving investor capital and maximizing long-term growth potential. And their accessible and responsive investor relations team will help you understand how each investment will impact your unique financial goals. With $800 million in assets acquired, more than $230 million in equity raised, and more than 5,000 units under management, Viking Capital is your path to early retirement. To learn about Viking Capital's latest investment opportunity, which is available for you right now, visit go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best. That's go.vikingcapllc.com forward slash best to get started today. Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, Promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Assumptions are never going to get you anywhere. And also, don't worry about just thinking. Or else they never would be getting into this space. They never would have the courage to show up in these networking events. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest-running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Ash Patel, and I'm with today's guest, Christina Kovacs. Christina is joining us from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. She's a residential broker and the owner of the home agency, a full-service boutique real estate brokerage. Christina's portfolio consists of being an LP on 700-plus units and a JV partner on 54 units. Christina, thank you so much for joining us, and how are you today? I'm great. How about yourself? I'm very well. Thanks for asking. Christina, before we get started, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah. So I started with just some live-in flips in 2009, full gut job on a property that we paid $55,100 for here in Fort Lauderdale. It was all of our cash at the time. And then the rehab budget was on 0% interest credit card transfer balances and just juggling it. So that's how the bug really started. And then just did a couple more live-in flips over the next few years and then transitioned to flipping with some partners here in South Florida. 
And then in 2019, learned more about multifamily and started digging. What'd you learn about multifamily in 2019? That I could scale, make it a proper business, not be running all over. I really just saw the opportunities were endless, but I still didn't know that much. So I had a couple of short-term rentals in three different states, actually. So I was enjoying that initially, but then I realized it was exhausting and I didn't want to do that anymore. And the flip, same thing. It just gets to be very tiring. But when I sold those short-term rentals to put that cash back into multifamily, but I was pretty ignorant at the time about knowing what exactly it took to get into multifamily. You can't just get into a, a 10 unit even without having experience in multifamily in the past. So after having a great conversation with Julie from Old Capital, she made me well aware that I need to start networking and build that team in order to get into this space. Okay. A couple things. You had three short-term rentals in three different states. Yeah. You know, Florida is like the epicenter of short-term rentals, right? So one was in Florida. Okay. Where were the other two? Vermont and Connecticut, because I'm originally from Vermont and my husband's from Connecticut. So we wanted to spend time in New England more. Vermont and and where? Connecticut. Oh, Connecticut. Okay, cool. I'm from Jersey. I get that. Yeah. But damn, that's not the smartest thing, huh? No, 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 no. It was just a lifestyle choice as well. But that lifestyle was not as glorious as I thought it was going to be. Okay. And that's good because you felt some pain, right? Like things were probably overwhelming at times and you're thinking there's got to be a better way. So what was it about multifamily? More importantly, how did you learn more about multifamily and what did you do to start networking? Through your podcast and bigger pockets and other podcasts. And then I'm crushing it by Brian Murray. I know we're going to get to a book later on, but that book really to see someone's experience and what they went through in a completely different industry and then went into the multifamily asset class. It showed me that it was possible and to see some of his struggles that he went through. I was like, we can do this get onto this next level. So what did you you do to network? When I realized that I had to start networking more to build a team and get experience with people that had more experience than me on the team, I joined Jake and Gino. So they interviewed a a couple different mentorship mastermind groups. And I've just felt most comfortable with them as a really good family setting where I felt comfortable if I was going alone or it just was welcoming. So Christina, it takes more then joining a mastermind to network, what yeah. are some tips that were effective for you? Well, just showing up, first of all, that was hard. <laughs> it was really hard because I never really networked before. When you flip a house or you have your own short-term rentals or long-term rentals, I don't have to network. Within my brokerage, I work with my clients, but I really don't get out there and network too much. So just showing up was the hardest part. So to overcome that, And then when you're there, just providing values wherever you can and knowing that and be humble. (laughs) You don't know what you're doing. I love that. Showing up, not to get too personal. Are you an introvert? I've become one as I get older. Okay. And that happens. I've known a lot of people that when they were younger, my brother is one. He was the life of the party at every college party. And now he's very introverted. It's not a bad thing, right? Some of the most successful people in the world are introverts. They're hyper-focused. So how do you push yourself out of your comfort zone to show up? One of my LLCs is JFDILC. It's just effing do it. (laughs) So I just have that mindset 
That's my Peloton name too. I just know I have to do it and get it done and stop thinking about it, overanalyzing. That's the worst part is when people just think too much about something. So I just got to get out there and do it and make it happen. I love it. And what is LC? Oh, sorry. One of my LLCs is JFDI. Oh, LLC. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. I didn't know if that was an acronym in your mastermind or something. No. Good. And how is increasing your network paid off? Are there specific examples of deals that you got done or capital that you raised? Yeah. Leveraging other people's experience. So in the most recent deal that we closed on in September, first of all, it took me over a year of networking to find the right team and find the right people that I meshed with the best. And then in addition, I also joined MIH a few months ago, just to really hone in even more on a level that was more intimate too, because Jake and Jane was great, but you can definitely get lost in the crowd a little bit. And in MIH, you're in a more intimate setting with groups. You get to know people on a deeper level. And that's really helpful, especially for someone that's more introverted. So with the recent deal that I'm in, I'm leveraging my partners that found the deal. Not only they have this amazing market in Kansas City where they know it inside out. They already owned 130 units previously on their own, but they also had a property management company. So they're vertically integrated. So on this joint venture deal, I am learning so much from them, from their experience. So leveraging other people's experiences and obviously our cumulative net worth to get everything. Everything is part of it. I love it. And are you solo or do you have partners And is it partners just on deals or is it partners on your entire company going forward? For my company, it's me and my husband, but I'm the main operator. We call each other, each other's backup dancers. So with his company, I am there fully supporting and helping him wherever he needs. And then with our real estate, he's also there to help and support, but I'm the main person. What is his company? Miami Wired. It's an audio video company here in South Florida. So he does high-end residential homes, some commercial, and also some cruise ships like Royal Caribbean and Silver Sea. Okay. So he's not totally involved in real estate, but is he involved to some extent? Does he help you find deals, analyze deals? No, he helped on our single family side of things. He helped come in and do some rehab work, especially with the electrical side and the AV side. But then on the multifamily side, he is the best at just being an awesome, fun person to be around. So him at networking events, it builds our credibility as That's cool. fun people. You know? That is incredible. Yeah. So here's where I'm going with this. Why not consider getting a partner? That's a possibility too. And really with this Kansas City group that we're with right now, and then the other partners that are in the JV, there's five of us total. I really hope that we continue on this team. The guys that are the main operators in Kansas City, like I said, the 130 units they already owned were just with themselves. They had never partnered up before outside of their family. So I'm really hoping that we can continue to grow and cultivate this relationship and do deals together in that market. And that's a great mindset. Just take it deal by deal, right? Yeah. But what I was also going to say, and you kind of beat me to it with sharing attributes about your husband, is partnerships where there's one introvert and one extrovert. Mm -hmm. are incredibly successful because you need somebody that's willing to do the heads down work Mm -hmm. and you need somebody that's the front person at events on the phone, social media, right? So I love what you have going on. Let's dive into your portfolio. You are a LP on how many units? 731. And how did that come about? I first started investing with DeRosa Group with Matt Faircloth and his team. So there's units in Kentucky and North Carolina with him and DeRosa Group. 
And otherwise it's with my coach that is and Jake and Gino, I invested in one of his deals with quantum capital in Denver, Colorado. So on one deal, I did class B and I'm going to get the upside in the end, but on the Denver deal, I decided to do class A and make 11%. And the reason I chose that for that deal was at the time I started private lending to people within our community. And I'm like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for 10% with a point on the back end, but I can do this LP deal for 11% and still get the cost seg benefits and everything else. So I decided to transition to that. Good for you for pivoting. Why did you do class A and not class B on that one deal? Why did you want the safe return? I felt more comfortable. The quantum, they specialize in older buildings. So even though a lot of the guts in those buildings had been renovated, I just felt more secure being the next level in the debt structure because one building was 25 and the other one's 60s. So it just felt like a safer bet for me. And I also liked the idea that I was replacing one form of income with another. So it was a better benefit with the extra percentage point in interest. Plus I got the tax benefits. All right. So now you know how to grow money. Mm-hmm. Why are you investing as an LP in other people's deals? It's because I want to cultivate relationships more. I want to see how their systems and processes go. I'm learning from them as we go along on their updates. So there's a lot of benefits to being an LP and just passively making money while learning. I love it. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your JV deals. I only have one and we just closed at the beginning of September. So it's very new in the process. I'm assisting on the asset management side, but my job is very easy because the two guys are, like I said, vertically integrated, have a lot of experience. So I'm learning so much from them. And we did it as a 90-10 split because they found the deal. They have the most experience, everything. And that was a really fair structure that all of us felt. And then they brought in a ton of capital too. So it just was a really amazing deal to know the confidence level of the lead operators on that deal. Christina, what was your role on this deal? So Braden Capital brought in about 268 and all four partners did. And then the lead operator brought in the rest. And everyone that we knew, I've known for almost a year, minus the lead operators we've met recently. But their experience and track record was good enough for me and the reputation within the community. Where are these 54 units? Kansas City, just four miles north of downtown. Okay. So do you remember the purchase price? 4.350. And was it a class B or class C property? Class C, but in a B area. And we have a CapEx budget of almost $700,000. So over the next 18 months, we hope to get all of that completed and execute the business plan. What was the total capital raise? 1.5. Okay. So you raised enough for the down payment and yeah. enough for renovations as well? Exactly. And we did 75% loan to cost with the bank. Okay. And you mentioned 90-10 earlier. Yeah. Is that you get 10% of the GP? No, so the 90-10 split in the joint venture. So the lead operators who are in Kansas City, they're getting extra 10% of the deal. So the other four partners are splitting the, yeah. So you you all split the 90, they get the extra 10% 10%. bump, which sounds like a great deal for everybody. Everybody, yeah. Good. Yeah. What are you doing to find deals like this? I know you didn't find this one, but. Yeah. So just networking and leveraging other people's experience and expertise in that market. In Q2, I set out a goal because before I was looking within my 
radius of two and a half hours of Fort Lauderdale. And it was very difficult and I wasn't getting anywhere. So then in Q2, I decided to make my goal to find strong operators and strong markets. And I just kept networking, networking, networking. And this is how it comes to fruition. It's a law of attraction, right? You do get what you keep putting out and what you keep striving for and working hard for. We'll get back to the show with first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. It's no secret that everyone is trying to find a recession-proof investment right now. What if you could invest in one of the most recession-resilient asset classes of the last 25 years with one of the best teams in the U.S.? Self-storage is that asset class, and Reliant Real Estate Management is that team. Reliant Real Estate Management is the 17th largest storage operator. They have sold over $1 billion in self-storage assets and have lost no investor principal with the average project-level IRR of 33% in the last three years. Right now, you can be one of the first to invest in their next fund at ReliantFund4.com. Fund 4 is a $100 million equity fund with seven properties already identified to close before the end of 2022. If you're an accredited investor, visit ReliantFund4.com to download the investment summary and schedule a call with Reliant's experience team. That's ReliantFund4.com, R-E-L-I-A-N-T-F-U-N-D-F-O-U-R.com. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. Christina, what would you say to somebody who is still in that mindset where they want something in a two-hour radius of where they live? You've got properties all over, both Mm -hmm. ones that you own and ones that you JV on and probably ones that you LP on. What's your advice to people on looking much further than they're comfortable with? Just meet the right people that you feel really comfortable with. You are not going to be able to do this alone. You have to leverage other people and their experience. And that's been the number one thing for me, especially getting outside of my market. I need to be able to know, like, and trust these people to the full extent. And not only that, but getting to know these people on a deeper level, friendships need to be strong. You can go out and have drinks, do whatever it is, whatever you guys like to do together. It's important to have fun at the same time. So have text messages that aren't just about business. It's cultivating that friendship and that relationship with all these team members. And that's something that's super important to me because we hope to not sell this recent JV deals. And I hope to get more deals with the same team. So if anyone is just starting out and thinks that they don't have any deals in their backyard, then get out there and network as uncomfortable as it is. (laughs) You have to do it. Can you share an example of a text message that's non-business to somebody that you recently met? Our group right now, when we all had dinner, my husband was looking at this old fashioned and he was just staring and he's like, F yeah, like that. And then one of the other guys heard him do that, but he was just like, like I don't know. So now it's a thing to be F things on the text message. So it just has become fun. It's just like, okay, delinquency is down to 5% and it gets an F yeah. So... 
<laughs> Man, I, I want to be on your text messages. You yeah, guys sound like you're I, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. The $268,000 that you raised on the 54-unit deal in Kansas City, how did you raise that capital? And is that the first time you raised capital? So I actually didn't raise the capital. I have not raised capital yet. It's just from my own capital from deals in the past. So that's where I'm at right now. In the future, I see myself raising capital, but probably not until 2023. I have some limiting beliefs with the raising capital. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Let's dive in. Okay. In the future is an unacceptable response. Damn. And 2023 is just kicking the can. Now, listen, mm-hmm. I kicked the can for probably 10 years. So this is like the pot talking to the kettle, right? Okay. But I'm going to play devil's advocate. Why not start today? For my biggest thing, it's been, I want to prove my experience. So I want to show people what we've done in this current deal and what I've done in the LP deals and what returns that I personally have experienced. So that's the only thing is I've been someone that always likes to have a proven track record in everything I do. And I never had to really bring in other people. So I know what I'm doing is safe, secure, and has so many benefits and people would benefit, but I'm just not as confident yet to get to that point. But I am learning. I'll show you right here. Actually, right in front of me, I have raising private capital, Matt Fairclough, the hands-off investor, Brian Burke, passive investing, Nate Simple, Anthony Bacino, raising capital, Hunter Thompson. I'm on it. (laughs) Uh -uh, No, no, no. Hold on. Don't pat yourself on the back for having those books. All you're doing is buying more time. Yeah. Right. (laughs) You're kicking the can down the road. Here's my safe zone. After I read these books, I can hold myself accountable right. and start raising capital. Now, listen, again, I'm not picking on you. You're an awesome soul. But for 10 years, I told myself, I lied to myself. And I actually said, I do non-residential commercial deals. So I said, there's a sweet spot in strip malls and office buildings between half a million and 1.5 million. That's not true. That's not a sweet spot. It's just, that was my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And that was my excuse to not have to raise capital. And then I kind of patted myself in the back by saying, I don't need other people's capital and I don't want other people's capital. That was just fear coming out. 10 years. So you're new to the game. I'm going to save you a lot of years. Okay. You have to realize that there's so many people out there that don't know how to grow capital. When I was in my 20s, I'd go to my CPA and I literally asked him this and I said, hey, should I pay off my house early? He's like, what's your interest rate? let's just say it's 5%. And he's like, well, if you can't grow your money more than 5% or don't have a guy or girl that can grow their money more than 5%, then you're doing something wrong. And I was too egocentric to tell him that I don't have anybody. Look, there's so many people like that out there that don't know how to grow money or they've entrusted their money to a financial planner or a guy that everyone else uses mm-hmm. and they're not confident that this person's doing well. And at times they're not doing well because they're not getting individual attention, right? Yeah. With the market fluctuating a lot. You guys should be getting phone calls from your financial people saying, Hey, let's talk about this. And if you're not, they're not being proactive. They're right. just happily collecting a lot of your fees. So that's a little bit of a rant. When I started taking on capital, it was from a lot of high net worth people that, invested in other things that they never got a return in. They invested in things they can brag about Mm -hmm. restaurants, bars that they can go to and lift up their shirt and say, Hey, this is my bar. No, it's not. You're like a quarter percent owner, but it gives you bragging rights. And that's great. Um, Marijuana companies, right? Grow operations. 
And none of these things made them any money. So when they came into my deals and they started getting consistent checks, they were blown away. So I need you to realize that you're doing people a favor and it's a burden that you're taking on, but they know that there's risks involved. You have to understand that and you have to get out of your own way. You've already done the hard part, which is networking. Do you ever send out a newsletter? I don't have a CRM (laughs) at all. I'm working on it. Even my website, right now I have a goal to get that done in the next month latest. It's done, but it's pretty much a brochure to attract other operators because that was my Q2 goal was to get strong operators in strong markets. But now I need to be shifting my focus to show the benefits. Okay. You know, you don't need a CRM system to send out newsletters, right? No, I know. Okay. So my first newsletter, I didn't have a CRM and it was only, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I used Google Sheets for CRM, but anybody I came across, I would throw them in there. And then I sent out one newsletter to hundreds and hundreds of people. And I spent the next week and a half literally fielding phone calls and texts, talking to people that I haven't talked to in 20 years. And they're like, hey, I've got 300 grand. I'm looking to get into real estate, but I just don't know what to do or how to get started. So if you have a deal, let me know. You'll be amazed at how much capital you will raise if you ask and you've never asked, right? So other people can differ than me on what I'm going to say next, but I would have the deal first and then ask for money. If you ask for money and you don't have a deal, everybody's like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in. Mm -hmm. Come on. I get that. When it comes time to wire the money, half the I'm ins or more are gone, right? So have a deal. Offer to raise money for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Even if you get nothing out of it, just do one. That's it. And then come back, email me. And I want to deep dive into your first deal that you raise money on. Okay. And let's share that story with the world. Awesome. I'm, but I'm, I, I need you to do a newsletter. The first one, there's no ask in there. It's just you telling the world what you're working on, what your husband's working on, how you guys make a great team. Ways that you've pivoted in real estate and what you're looking to do next. And then share maybe a humbling experience or a failure where you learned a lesson. Mm -hmm. When people share failures, they really connect with people. Yeah. So do that. And it doesn't have to be a miserable failure, just (laughs) a lesson learned, maybe whatever it is. And then have an ask in there. How are you guys using your time efficiently? Is there anything you can recommend? Or how do you balance work and life? Do you have any tips? Ask for advice. Ask for something to keep the communication going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One page, my opinion, and again, I'll probably get blasted for this, (laughs) but no MailChimps, no crazy formatting, a simple newsletter, no colors. You can do bold and regular Mm -hmm. and bullet points, but that's it. Minimize the formatting so it doesn't come across as a marketing email. Right, it's, it's not. not. It's, a, it's a connection that you're trying to make with your existing contacts. No, I totally get that. Because honestly, a, a more personable approach, you get a regular email. That's why handwritten letters work better than marketing materials in, in the actual mail. Yes. And Christina, after you send out that newsletter, take the next week off because I'm telling you, people <laughs> will want to communicate with you. They're going to call you, text you, and it's going to be great. Awesome. So sorry for that rant. No, it's great. I appreciate it. That was also like a humbling. It's like, okay, you're right. I need to do this. Okay. Hopefully I inspired you a little bit. You did. You did. And what I'm going to ask you next 
is what's a tough lesson that you've learned? Because you've done so much already. You've pivoted a lot. You've done a lot of different types of deals. I'm going to ask you this that I normally don't ask people. What's the hardest lesson you've learned about business? And then what's the hardest lesson you've learned about people so far in this business? I'm going to start with people. I'm going to say, stop thinking what other people are thinking. (laughs) That's something that I've worked on. I've gotten better at. Stop worrying about what other people are thinking. Yeah. And what they're thinking. Don't assume anything. Assumptions are never going to get you anywhere. And also don't worry about their thinking. Or else I never would be getting into space. I never would have the courage to show up in these networking events. That's a tough Mm -hmm. one. That's good. Yeah. We can all benefit from that. Yeah. And then in business, start today, not tomorrow. I feel like a lot of times it's just so wasting time. That's your best ever advice. Oh, sorry. I want to hear about a deal you lost money on. I have never lost money on a deal. I've done really well. How about a deal that you lost that you didn't get? One of my short-term rentals that I sold, I regret selling. And it was because I was fearful of the market during the pandemic. And it was such a great house and in a great area. And obviously the short-term rental market went nuts throughout the end of 2020 and all of 2021. So that was something that I regret doing. And my husband was like, don't sell it, don't sell it. And he let me make the decision. That's how awesome he is. <laughs> and then in the end, I quickly realized that was stupid and so stupid that I actually bought another house half a mile away recently. Right. <laughs> so. Just just realize you never go broke making a profit. Right. All right. True. So you can't always win timing. So I don't yeah. think it was stupid. I think you made a business decision. Yeah. It's okay. All right, Christina, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes, I am. All right, Christina, what's the best ever book you recently read? The Brian Murray book is so important because it's what got my interest peaked with multifamily, crushing it. So that's a very good book. Recently read The Gain, and that has been really transformational about how you can live in that gap. <laughs> and there's no point. I just focus on the gain. And that's what I feel like this whole journey has constantly been, is knowing that that next step is possible and you're going to do it and you're going to get it done rather than living in the, I'm not there yet. I don't have a deal yet. Yeah. I recently shifted my mindset the same way. So great advice, Christina, what's the best ever way you like to give back? Traveling is a huge part of our lives. And most of the time when we travel, I try to reach out to a local hospital, orphanage, et cetera, to see what I can do to help while I'm there. If I can be of service or if they need some supplies that they can't get locally. One example is in Vietnam, an orphanage, they needed some Mac Apple products that they could not buy locally. And someone had donated Apple computers a couple of years ago, and then things started to go bad with them chargers. So I could easily bring those over there when I came. So things like that. Christina, how can the best ever listeners reach out to you? My website's christinakovach.com, and that has my Calendly link on it. And I would love to have calls with you just to learn about you and see where I could add any value possibly. Christina, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day and joining us today. You've got an inspiring story where you continue to pivot. You continue to push yourself out of your comfort zone. You do bigger deals. You learn as you grow. And I can't wait to see what you're going to do next. I want to hear from you when you raise capital for your first deal. Please let me know when that happens. I definitely will. And thank you so much for the encouragement. And I really appreciate it. You're awesome. Best ever listeners, thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review. Share this episode with someone you think can benefit from it. Also, follow, subscribe, and have a best ever day.